As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Brav Bros. Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brav Bros, your favorite podcast from the bros for everybody, for whoever wants to listen. I am your co-host, Steel Russell, joined, as always, by the one and only Shooter Magooter. Shoots, what's up, dude? Long week. I'm exhausted. I, yeah, it's, we were just sitting here, as we usually do, just trying to go through the things that we want to talk about, and... You just keep coming back to the news and it's there's only really one piece of news. There's only one like prominent figure in my head right now when it comes to Bravo. And it's all about Vanderpump. Like I can't even focus on anything else. I was watching the shows this week and I'm like, does any of this matter? That honestly, like, really like that. I had the same exact reaction. And like tonight we were watching Vanderpump, obviously, and I didn't care. Because I'm like, I know that there's more here. And like, obviously, it's fun to kind of, and I use fun lightly, but to kind of look for hints or signs and things like that. But at the same time, I'm like, all of this is, it, it means nothing. It's really hard to watch that show objectively. Like whenever, even with Tom on screen, talking about how him and Ariana's dog is like about to be put down. You don't even feel bad for Tom. No, like, like, you're just like, oh, I don't fucking care, dude. I don't care about your feelings, Tom. I, yeah. I feel even worse for Ariana. I was like, oh my God, like she lost everything this year. Now you got to wonder, like, I, obviously we heard the Bravo was going back and they were going to change a couple things. They were going to edit it differently. Did it start with this episode, do you think? Or like, where are we at? Yeah, I guarantee that they went back. So when I talked to our insider from Vanderpump, mm-hmm. um, most of the episodes aren't completed until like two or three days before they air. Okay. So they're always being edited. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm pretty sure that they had to revamp the entire season only because if you go for like a sentimental storyline with Sandoval, it's going to fall short because no one's going to give a fuck. And I'm sure that they were probably trying to tie in Schwartz and Sandys more. Probably. And they were probably going to really like expose the whole Schwartz and Raquel thing, which nobody cares about anymore because it's irrelevant because it may have not even happened. Yeah. It might've been a ruse to take the heat off of Sandoval. And we're going to get into all of this. We're getting ahead of ourselves. It's just, I mean, this is really just like what's on our minds. Like usually we start this off with a nice cold opening, a nice riff about how our week is going. But for the first time, honestly, since we started this podcast, our week has been completely smothered Consumed. by this news consumed yeah i i texted you today and i was like dude how is it fucking wednesday i feel like i lost days i was like it was friday yesterday it should be saturday but it's wednesday and the fact that bravo has consumed my life to that point because Mm -hmm. of fucking sandoval and rachel let's let's use her real name by the way this is a rachel only podcast oh yeah for those of you that were on our live on monday night was it monday night i don't know monday night tuesday night who knows Whatever night it was, we decided, Rachel only, from here on out, I was even throwing in a couple other government names, and I might get there. Yeah, I mean, we might. I, I've calmed down a little bit. I'm, I'm all right now, but on Monday, tensions were running high. I was angry at everybody. Anyone who was just talking the wrong way or putting things out that was on the show, like Sheena, Lala, whoever else, I was like, I don't want to hear from you. Whatever you're saying is just complete bullshit right now. We need to hear from the people that are involved. We have answers that we need. 
and we're seemingly getting things day by day, but I feel like it's just going to be drawn out. Well, that's what's annoying is like, as soon as I feel like I have a grasp on the situation, they drop another bomb and I'm mm-hmm. like, fuck, dude, I can't keep up with all this stuff. And then I've got like 15 people texting me. Yep. I've got another 300 people messaging us with new shit every day. And that's, what's crazy. And like, I know how we can start this off. All right, this is how we're going to start this episode off. All right. Let's discuss my post on Instagram. Oh, see, that's the thing is like... You forgot, I right? I thought that was last week. I thought that was last year. Yeah. Well, that was like three days ago. So for those of you that follow us on Instagram, and this is a good chance to plug our Instagram, we got to get better at plugging things. Yep. Let's do that. Let's do a, a quick plug. Yep. Follow us on Instagram at brav underscore bros, Twitter, brav underscore bros, TikTok, brav bros. YouTube Brav Bros Podcast. Follow all of them, please. We'd really appreciate it. Not only that, but we're on Cameo. So if you want to hear more of our thoughts or you just want to have us wish you a happy birthday, we're here. Yeah, we're here. Find us on Cameo. And the last thing, we have a live show coming up in Philly, City Winery, April 27th with Zach Peter. We got some Bravo Lebs coming out. It's going to be a fun night. If you get VIP for 29 bucks, which isn't bad, you can come hang out with us before the show. Yep. Show will be like an hour, hour and a half. It's going to be a good time. You get some drinks. They serve good food there. It's a, it's a cool venue. It's like you sit at an actual table. You get served dinner. You get served drinks. We're yeah. going to shoot the shit. Might yell at you a little bit. Yeah, we're definitely going to yell at you a little bit. You know how Only it goes. because we love you. Yeah, and, and we were, like, I was talking to Colleen about it today. Obviously, Steele and I talked about it. Um, you know, we're going to have good fits going on that day. We got to start thinking about that. And uh, Colleen was talking about, like, what's the right amount of beers that I can have before the show? Ooh, and then they're at play. Yeah, you can play. Yeah. Okay, let me play. Um, I'm gonna put the over under for before. Yeah, the pre. Okay. Yeah. Over under at six. <laughs> I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the over at six and a half. Okay. Um, I think you're gonna have your. But yeah, there's gonna be nervous drinks. Like this is the thing is when you listen to us, and we've done something live before, and it wasn't really, really what we expected, but we didn't really know what to expect. Now we kind of know what we're doing, and we know what to expect. So there will be a couple of nervous beers in there, of course. So you got to, you know, account for that. But curveball, I'm flying out Friday morning to go on a golf trip down to South Carolina. So do I really want to be on the plane hungover? I think it might be inevitable. No, you but don't, but you're going to be. I know. That's a better bet than how many beers you're going to have. I guarantee you, you will be hungover for that I will. Flight. I will definitely be hungover. Because if you think we're not going to hang out afterwards and I'm not going to force feed you drinks to celebrate, you're nuts. Yep. <laughs> so come out, support the boys, have a good time. <laughs> April 27th. And make City me winery. miserable for the first round of golf on Friday afternoon. Yeah. But what was, I don't even know what I was talking Oh, the Instagram post. Yeah. So Patrick Summers went on, and if you don't know who Patrick Summers is, a lot of people forgot about him, which is good, and continue to forget about him because oh, yeah. he's an asshole and an idiot. But this guy is the guy that was caught up in the Beverly Hills drama. He claimed that he hooked up with Harry Hamlin what, like six months ago, I guess that something was, like something that, yeah. like that, and like drew out this long bullshit lie about having sex with Rena's husband, and it was... He also said that he knew specifically what Kathy Hilton said in Aspen. Yeah, he had a... He was just mixed up in all of that, and it was all lies. It was just him trying to, I guess, drum up some sort of interest in whatever the hell he's doing. I don't think he has a podcast or anything, and if he does, nobody listens, because it's all lies. So this guy pops his fucking ugly head back up, and here we go. And so he makes another post. And of course, you know, my phone is literally, I think my screen time was up 80% this week. And I'm looking through and someone sends me this. Another person sends this. Then it pops up in my feed. Patrick Summers is joined the party 
he posts something claiming to have a conversation between him and Sandoval. It was an Instagram direct message, and it was him pretty much saying, like, you hooked up with my friend Julia. He mentioned something about an abortion. He threw homophobic slurs in there. Like, it was a lot of really fucked up stuff, and allegedly Tom was replying to him. Mm -hmm. To prove a point, I went on Photoshop Express on my phone while sitting in the parking lot at Giant. Sitting there on my fucking phone. And I screenshot it and I Photoshop it to make it sound like he was disparaging you and I. Like you got defensive because for those of you that have listened for a while, you know I used to be a Tom supporter. And by Tom, I mean Tom's plural. I have since changed that stance. Unfortunately, I was forced to because they suck balls. But (laughs) I made it seem as though Shooter was defending my honor. It was quite clearly satire. It was quite clearly a very bad Photoshop. It was a very job. bad like, Photoshop. You made it a point to not try to make it look real, professional, no. or real in any way, shape, or form. Like it was very clearly Photoshopped. And so many people were confused. I lit the Bravo Twitter sphere, Instagram on fire mm-hmm. unintentionally because people started retweeting it. They started posting it. They're like, this guy's full of shit. And they're commenting on it saying, how could you guys fall for this? And I'm like, did you read it? And as soon as I said that, multiple people, at the very least, were commenting back, like, wow, my bad. Yeah, totally missed disregard it. my first comment. Yeah, like, didn't delete head. their comment, but just like, my bad, completely missed that one. I unintentionally did a great troll job, which I've never done, and it was wildly entertaining. Yeah, no, it, that was the most fun that I've had in a while, especially in this type of situation where we're just like, what the hell? Like, does any other recap for any other show that's going on, like Miami had their season finale, Potomac's reunion is over. Like all these things that we're usually like kind of keen on making sure that we're paying attention to. Mm -hmm. This just took over everything else. And in that moment with the fake screenshot, there was so much fun to be had. There was a ton of fun and we were just sending our favorite comments back and forth to each other. It was, it was a good time. So thank you for that. Let me reiterate. It was not real. It wasn't supposed to look real. It was to prove a point that we shouldn't fall for Patrick summer shit. Because this is how easy it is. I can do it in the parking lot at a grocery store. I think you indirectly proved how easy it is for people to believe that type of shit, too. Yeah, that too. You didn't even try, and people believe that, and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought it was Julia. Who the hell is Steel? They literally said Wait, wait. Well, there was that one guy a couple weeks ago that was like, I just don't understand how you guys chastise your audience for like your listeners every week. And it's getting really bad. And it was around the time that we were making fun of the 49ers fans or whatever. This is one of those moments where I'm like, you guys, like, come on. <laughs> you got to be brighter than this, please. But that being said, we love you to pieces. Yeah, we do love you. You we little love idiots. you so much. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great segue into our rose and thorn for the week. I'm going to let you go first. You kick us off. Um, yeah, so oh, my... You realize that your forehead says Tom Tom, right? Yeah. Does it actually? Just saying. It says it in black. I don't think anybody's going to see it. Now, now, that, now everybody knows. You want to take that gamble. <laughs> uh, I'm actually, that's actually a really good segue into my uh, thorn. Let's hear it. So for those of you who were listening in the last couple of weeks before this news broke, we were really excited to get new TomTom hats. Yeah. <laughs> very, very excited, right? So excited. And then after all of this dropped and we put the, uh, the screenshot up there and we were obviously like having some fun with the situation. Uh, what am I doing? 77 
messaged us and said, excited for the Tom Tom hats, crying emoji. <laughs> like, fuck. Well played. They are really cool hats, and we're like, damn it. They are. They're sick, and we cannot wear them. Well, I'm wearing it right now, but. He's wearing his right now, but only because the front says West Hollywood, and it's a dope hat. It is a really cool yeah, hat. It's a really cool hat. I really like it's, it. It's unfortunate. It, it is. It, it really is. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my rose. We didn't really have, like, with everything that was going on, we didn't have a whole lot of content out there. It was kind of a dry week last week. So, uh, for my rose. You just did your rose. No, that, that was, was your my thorn. thorn. Oh, yeah. you, you said that was your rose. Okay. Yeah. That was my thorn. Whatever. For my rose is everybody who has dropped in and went to our live on Monday night, just having a great time. It was a full party. Like, obviously, we were spilling some tea. Yeah, we were. We haven't really done in the past. No, we'll respill we'll it tonight time. for our listeners. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but there was like 600, 650 people just hanging out with us for an hour. And that's, you know, kind of cool to see. Usually, like, you don't know what to expect when you go into one of those things. Like, we haven't done it before. So this pops off, and I'm like, all right, yeah, we might get like a couple hundred people, and it goes up to like 500, stays well above five, six. A lot of people commenting, a lot of engagement back and forth. People are having a good time. So that's what I like to see, and that's why we love your listeners. Yeah, we really do, and we like to give you guys some shit because we think it's funny, but we do love you guys, and I want to mirror that. I have my own rose and thorn, but just to speak on that, somebody commented, I think it was my rose last week or your rose, about feeling like they're friends with us. And I like that. I like when people think like they can connect with us on that level. So when we had the live, I think at least I was a little hesitant to do it just alive in general. Cause I'm like, well, what if no one like shows up? That would suck. But like he said, I mean, we had a peak, I think like high six hundreds. We like total was like 1200 people. So it was awesome to just like talk to you guys and like, we brought people on to the live i thought that was awesome it was just a really cool experience for us like we're still new to a lot of this shit so like i don't think we'll ever not be grateful but it's just cool we we love you guys keep yeah going. i especially like the point where uh the one girl from australia chimed in and she was talking and she's like i it, it won't let me leave <laughs> yeah, i didn't I, know how to kick him out we didn't know what the fuck to do <laughs> it's like, uh, you so might... like I, I don't know what to do she's like i'm just gonna leave and come back we're like all right cool yeah you might be stuck with us for the rest of the <laughs> broadcast but um, Ubra, bro. <laughs> welcome but um to my rose and thorn. All right, so here we go. My thorn, we don't have a lot of, uh, I forget, you know, we. for my thorn, I'm going to start with a thorn because I like to bring it back with the rose, but I forget about YouTube now, and we got a ton of views on the Chris thing, Yeah. so we have a lot of comments, and I haven't gone down that rabbit hole before. I don't know what to expect from YouTube commenters. I kind of know how Twitter shakes out versus mm -hmm. Instagram versus TikTok. Like, they're all different levels of meme. And Instagram tends to be nicer. Yeah. Twitter tends to be meaner. TikTok is kind of in between. Yeah, I would agree with that. YouTube, I don't know what to expect. But I got one comment, and I texted you about it. I texted that. This one hit me under my skin like bad. It really fucking pissed me off. I don't know if it was because I was already aggravated from all the drama going on. I don't know what it was, but it really got under my skin. I'm not going to read her name. But it says... It's from the Chris interview and says, listen, when any woman says she's uncomfortable, that is enough. 100% correct. She never said he did anything to her. Chris is a drunk, all caps. His life took a turn and it's his fault. Stop drinking. He's a typical alcoholic that does things, sobers up and plays innocent. Go back and look. He was drunk or had a lot to drink that day. Like reading that makes me fucking mad. Yeah. No, that's, uh, you always hate when somebody throws out the alcoholic thing and it's, there's no, no real substance behind it either. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, 
if you have a bone to pick with somebody, just use their actions against them. Don't like make up a story that wants to fit your narrative. No, it drives me crazy. And then it's such an easy cop out for people. And I see this shit all the time. Mm -hmm. If someone's acting a certain way, if they're drinking too much one night, or if you've seen them drunk a couple times, or if they're acting erratic, oh, he's a drug addict. Oh, he's an alcoholic. He's a drunk. He's disgusting. Just stop drinking. If it was that fucking easy, there wouldn't be that many people with drinking problems. Yeah. If it was that fucking easy, I wouldn't have almost died from cirrhosis at 27 years old if I could just stop drinking. So for any of you out there that think it's funny or think it's a good way to kind of like throw a dig at somebody, well, he's a drunk, just know and seeing stuff like that really, really sucks. Yeah, no, that's, that's brutal to even say. I don't want to get all heated, but I was really, really Yeah, no, you got that. Yeah, and rightfully so. But luckily... Another one of our listeners um, kind of saved me from like being super fucking mad about mm -hmm. this because they sent a really, really nice message to us. And I'm going to read the whole thing because I thought it was really sweet. Um, and this comes from Sammy. Sa oh, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> Sam Ray Pat. And it says, just started binging your podcast. We love to be binged. And first of all, I wanted to say I love your takes as someone who has been obsessed with Bravo forever. Second of all, I wanted to say thank you to Steele for being open and honest and having conversations about addiction and getting sober. I am just shy of a year sober, and your willingness to talk about sobriety in such a positive way is really uplifting. Your comments about the Potomac women basically shaming Karen going to rehab were spot on, and my exact feelings when I watched that episode. It may seem small, but you made an impact on me, and I'm sure many others. Keep it up. Y'all are great. <clears throat> and that made me get emotional, because, like, that means... Um, Damn it. That means way more to me than I think anyone knows when they just mention their own journey. And for yeah. you, Sam Ray Pat, just shy of a year is fucking incredible. So keep it up. That's awesome. Thank you for those kind words. You literally pulled me out from a hole with the first comment. I was, you can ask Shooter. Like I was livid. But um, I did the Chris Bassett technique. I wrote out a whole response and I sent it to Shooter. Mm -hmm. I was like, I really want to fucking send this. I'm not going to, but like here, this is what I wanted to say. And it did. It helped. It actually helped. I was it able does, to like yeah. move past it, but didn't mean to bring it all like, you know, serious there. Let's get back to the, actually, you know what? This is kind of how the episode is. Thanks to Tom and Raquel, Rachel. So fuck it. Let's just keep rolling. <laughs> <laughs> that takes us to the news. And I think first and foremost, we got to congratulate our crew. Miami got renewed for another season. Hell yeah. I'm pumped. I, I loved watching Miami. There was a couple things that irritated me, but that's with any of these shows. Yeah, of and that's true. Um, I, I think there was, look, I mean, I mean, it went on a pretty long hiatus. I guess it was necessary at the time. We weren't watching it live, but we kind of know what happened. And watching it now, I mean, it's it was sort of like a breath of fresh air when it came on when we started watching it. it. It's always nice to get introduced to new people and like we get to understand how dynamics work and everything. And there was really nothing like one big drawback where you're like, all right, this needs to go away. Everything kind of resolved itself towards the end. And I feel like everybody's dynamics and relationships kind of help push the narrative forward instead of getting stuck in the mud, which is good for these shows. And I'm happy. I mean, I'm excited for another season. I want to see where Lisa and Lenny end up because the end of this one was crazy. And I, the rest of them, like, I, obviously Marisol can go somewhere, but the rest of them, <laughs> I'm excited to see what happens with them. I am too. I'll give them all another shot. Uh, Marisol can kick rocks. I thought 
it was kind of the nail in the coffin for me. Mm-hmm. Um, this most recent ep- the season finale. Oh, that yeah. that's what did me in. But um, we'll get to Miami in a little bit. Um, up next, and this is just so in tune with what we're talking about. But news come news coming out news come news coming out from uh, Southern Charm. Oh yeah, Southern Charm, your boy Austin. Oh God, the Honda Civic. He's yeah, the Honda Civic of dudes is back Honda Civicking and apparently hooked up with Taylor, which we called. We did. We a called a long time ago. Very shooter, I believe, was the first one to make the claim. Credit where credits due, mm-hmm. sir. We called this. I think I want to say within the first three episodes of Southern Charm. Yeah, it was right around the time when Austin was referring to Taylor as his little sister, and he's like, "I just feel so close to her." It's like, all right, dude. A little, a little weird. A little sketchy. And look, we were right. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said, not surprised at all. They, they do weirdly make sense to me. I don't know how you feel about it. No, I, I don't feel that way. Um, it's one of those things where, like, yeah, we said it made sense. Yeah, we said that it could happen. But in the back of your mind, you're like, I, I hope this doesn't happen because it's just such a shitty situation. Like, yeah, was Shep and Taylor's relationship terrible it was mm-hmm. austin is friends with shep and their friendship and then craig in the middle like none of that really makes a whole lot of sense but they are friends i guess to an extent so for this to happen it's just shitty and it doesn't make anybody feel good like i don't care and we can get into it with rachel and sandoval later but i don't care if austin and taylor are in love and it's great like how this started is shitty yeah. So that's always just going to be following you like a shitty rain cloud for the rest of your relationship. A shit cloud? A shit cloud <laughs> just hanging out behind just you. Like, it stinks, you. it poops on you, <laughs> and it's gross. And nobody wants to watch it, and everybody's going to have to feel some type of way about it moving forward. That being said, it's going to be interesting TV, and maybe we get like an Austin Shep fight or something. Like, no way, dude. You know, I don't think so Shep, either. Shep would I, never. I can see Shep being like, you know what? Like, it kind of hurts a little bit, but... If Taylor's happy, then I'm happy, dude. And like, if she makes you happy, then that's okay with me. She's a great girl. You're a great friend. And then Shep goes and gets drunk and like tries to hook up with an 18 year old girl or something. More than that's likely. probably what's gonna happen. That probably already happened. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna make for a really interesting season. I think you know, of all people, like you said, Shep's probably gonna move past this one pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I think it's gonna be a quick brush off, move on to the next one. I don't think he was emotionally invested enough to really give a fuck. I think he wanted to pretend he was, but I really don't. I think that'll be the perfect way to see how Shep operates is yeah. how little he's going to care. Exactly. That is what I point. think. I think he might have a, like an outburst. There's going to be a big like hullabaloo, if you will, <laughs> about like the initial reaction. I think that he eases off within three or four days after. I yeah, I, I could see like... The funny thing is, I could see Olivia being more angry about it than Shep. Yeah, honestly. That and, like, Olivia's emotions will be real and true, and you'll be like, all right, yeah, like, I get it, Olivia. And then Shep will start talking and be like, I don't think you feel anything. Exactly. And, and it just justifies the, all the conversations that we had about Shep and Taylor last year, so. 100%. Fuck it. But, look, that's a great, great transition into VPR. Let's get to Vanderpump, because that's why you're all here. Let's not... Eat around the bush. We know why you came out to listen to this episode. Yep. It's and it's for this going shit. On. So I'm going to start this out. We're going to recap, you know, as much as we can. We're probably going to get derailed and talk about the real Vanderpump news of the week. I don't think the episode really matters to anybody. No. It didn't matter to me. I, all I was looking for was hints. I, I guess, like, James's storyline was still interesting to me. 
Um, I just think he's so good for TV, so I'm still captivated by that. But uh, let's start out with, I want to give you guys, our listeners, the inside scoop, because a lot of you weren't there for the live, obviously, and we had the chance to sit down with um, an insider from the show. And he was, uh, he works in a specific area of the show. I'm not going to give too many details because I want to keep him safe. I don't want to divulge. Safe and protected. Yeah. Our, our people. But let's start out with the first thing that was dropped. And this is a very serious allegation, and it's something that I'm simply relaying. I'm not saying that this is what was going on. I'm saying this is what was told to me by a friend of all of the people in the group. They say that this whole thing started around the party scene. So apparently these two like to party a little bit, they like to do some drugs, they were doing it together. I think that's what began the initial infatuation. That's at least what this person was saying. They're mm-hmm. like, that seemed to be their connection out of the gate. They like to do it more than other people. Right. And they seem to kind of lean on each other. And this seems to have blossomed from that. So again, am I saying that they're drug addicts? Absolutely not. No. Not at all. I'm saying, saying that they found a common interest. Exactly. They found a common interest in the party scene, and that's how this started. Now, moving on to the next little tidbit of news, and I, this one you got a kick out of, and this is going to sidetrack us a little bit, but Greg confirmed douchebag. <laughs> this person worked closely with Greg and had nothing but horrible, horrible things to say about that fedora-wearing fuck. So, vindication there, Greg is actually an asshole. Yeah, and he's still around. I thought it was really funny that he was taking over the social media aspect. He was doing a terrible job. Doing an absolutely terrible job, just completely throwing everybody under the bus, talking about how we've, you know, we've got other people that work here that don't really care about the show. They care about their livelihood. It's like, shut the fuck up, Greg. Like, if you really, really felt like that, you wouldn't be on the show. Right, Greg. You want your couple seconds of fame with your dumbass fedora, and you want to talk about business but really say absolutely nothing and then get undermined by Lisa and Ken in this episode. Yeah. I love watching saying that. like, Hey, you know, Greg doesn't have any skin in the game. You're paying rent. He's got no money invested in when this opens, because as far as everything's concerned with him, he's good. He's, he's getting his money for yep. the lease. He's fine. There's no issues on Greg's part. He's a great restauranteur, whatever fucking bullshit. Let the guys open. I don't care about them as, you know, individuals, but overall, if they're losing money by spending on this and you're sitting there saying like, no, you're not ready, you're not ready, you're not ready, but you're not losing any money, then you don't get a say in this. So you suck at business. I don't care what Lisa says if you're a good person or whatever. I think she was trying to save face there and try to be like, look, I'm not going to drag this guy professionally on a public forum. I think once you sign that waiver and you go on the show, you're open. And I you agree. Can get no, no, I agree. Yeah. But LVP don't roll that way. Nah, she doesn't. She, she's smarter she's classier with classier than we yeah. are. She's way classier than we are, yeah. but she doesn't roll that way. So she didn't throw him under the bus, but our insider did that he's sketchy, that he is 100% delaying the opening intentionally. Yep. They could have opened months ago. They could have opened like five months before they actually opened, and it was 100% Greg. Because every time anybody went to him to try to push the opening, he's like, nope, nope, nope. Second thing with the restaurant, Sandoval wasn't there. He was never fucking there. Which we kind of knew. Yeah, yeah, but to the point where in the show they paint it like, oh, you had your like little three-month hiatus because of your quote-unquote band. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. It was like 
the entirety of the opening, Sandoval was MIA. Yeah. And clearly now we can see why. He's living a double life. He thinks he's a fucking rock star because he's playing clubs of like 100 people in Agora Hills. This whole thing, and I'll, I'll drop some insider knowledge as we go, but we got to get into it. What this whole thing's done for me personally, I need to go back and rewatch every single episode that Rachel was ever in. Yeah. Because what we don't realize, or what I didn't realize, is when Raquel is doing all this nonsense, right? We always think that she's just this sweet, innocent, doesn't really know what she's doing. She's got caught up in the LA life. Like, that's not it at all. She's been calculated the whole fucking time. We just didn't see it because James Kennedy was in the way. Yep. He had this big, loud person in front of her, so she didn't have to like be in the limelight. Meanwhile, she's setting up chess pieces. Everyone else was playing checkers. Raquel was playing chess, and we all fell for it because she acts like this doughy-eyed, innocent person. She's not. She's conniving as shit. And you rewatch that scene where she sits with Ariana and she sits with Katie at that lunch, it becomes so apparent. When she throws that out there, that's not her being dumb. Yeah. That's her throwing a jab. She knows exactly what she's doing. She's like, I got a leg up on you. And it sucks because you see Ariana in that moment. She says, am I really going to be mad at Rachel right now? Like, is this the first time I'm actually going to be mad at her for something? Yeah. Little did she know. Like, yeah. Yeah. You're about to. This is this is, Ari- uh, this is Rachel trying to throw a little smoke screen out there yep. about her and Schwartz to take the heat off of everything. And you got to assume like we talked about it on our live because we saw, you know, pictures from I think it was Sunday night uh, of Sandoval going over to Rachel's house. And it's like. What are they doing? Like, are they like in love and they just can't stop like hanging out together? Like, no, I think that they're getting their story straight. I think they're strategizing for how they want to look and how they want to be portrayed on TV because they know it's going to be terrible. Oh, yeah. But if they can try to lessen the blow a little bit in their egotistical minds, they can try to, I guess, come out of this looking rosy at some point in time. And I, you got to wonder, like, how much is Sandoval involved in this? Like, how much behind the scenes has he been like, all right, like, you know, we've been having this go on for a couple of months. Nobody suspects anything. Maybe this is a good time for you to like kind of throw this out there about Schwartz and like throw people off the trail. Like start saying that you want to hook up with anybody because what for the last three episodes we've seen Rachel talk to other people and say, I just want to make out with someone like yeah. she seems like this girl who's so desperate for human contact because she hasn't gotten any since James. And she's like, I'm not really ready to like have sex with somebody like that's because you're having sex with Sandy behind the scenes. Yeah. Like, I'm not ready to hook up with anybody. I just want to make out with someone, like, real quick. It's like, no, you want to make out with somebody real quick to throw them off your scent, which, honestly, no one was even on the scent. No one knew until this bomb dropped. And, like, yeah, maybe Ariana knew in some capacity. But what is she going to do? Is she going to blow it up on the show when she doesn't really have any hard proof and she just thinks? Like, no. She finds that video, sends it over to Sheena, sends it over to Rachel, and then the whole thing just fucking unravels. And it's like... It's so tough to watch this show now, and I said it in the beginning, because everything that Tom says, everything that Rachel says, everything that anybody says, you got to think right away, like, do they know? Do they know? Oh, Christina Kelly knows. Yeah. She had to. The way that she she was talking about that, and I'm curious when that confessional was filmed that she had. I thought that, too. I was like, is this the... That was the first indication to me that Bravo changed the editing. Yes. I think they threw her in there, and they weren't originally planning on having her. 
Now, obviously, they filmed a bunch of confessionals, but I didn't think they had her in the original game plan. I don't know. I, maybe because it was the Vegas trip and she was there, they had a couple loaded up. But I don't know. That could have been a, a much further down the road, like a hindsight yep. confessional. I don't know. Which I hope it wasn't. I hope that was genuine because her saying that, I was like, I got like goosebumps. I was like, damn. I don't think it was, honestly, because I feel like they filmed all those confessionals at the same time. Like, I don't think they had. Okay, yeah. They just started filming more confessionals yesterday or the day before. Okay. Because James Kennedy, I saw the the take. What do you call those things with the, the white and black? Uh, the Clapper John? Clapper John, yeah. yeah. We'll call it a Clapper John. Yeah, we'll call it a Clapper John. It said Scandaval. Scandaval number one. <laughs> really so, like, it, it seems like they're going to go right into James and they're going to have everybody else film. So. I mean, that's going to be electric when that happens towards the end of the season. It's going to be one of the most watched, one of the most tumultuous reunions in the history of Bravo, Mm -hmm. because this is so fresh. It's so fresh. And you're going to stick these people in a room together. Like, I don't know how it doesn't come to blows. And that's another thing for all of those people out there that thought Sheena punched Rachel. Yep. Didn't happen. Did not happen. So our insider, again, knows exactly what happened. The whole thing shook out like this. During Tom's show on a Wednesday night, Ariana goes through his phone, finds that FaceTime between him and Rachel, sees the whole thing, immediately sends it to both Sheena and Rachel, who are at Watch What Happens Live in the green room. They get it simultaneously. Sheena did not punch her. Mm Mm-hmm. Some stuff might have happened. There was no punches thrown. I do want to clarify, she did not close her fist and punch her in the yeah. face. A lot of people took that when I did that on the, on the live we did. Like, oh, she slapped her. I'm not saying that either. I'm no. saying that she reacted, but she did not punch. Right. That's and there were pictures saying. floating around there of Rachel saying that she had a black eye or whatever. Supposedly, that was debunked already, too, because those pictures were taken before Watch What Happens Live, so before she put makeup on. Oh, really? So, yeah. So she, maybe she had like allergies or something. Don't go and it's after kinda, the Bravo sleuths. It's sleuth. just so, uh, it's, we talk about it all the Don't time. do it. The sleuths will find all of the answers. They so it win. is just not smart. Just don't lie about things like that to try to play the victim or whatever the hell you're going to do and then fire your PR team afterwards because you don't want to play the victim. But in reality, they probably ran through everything. They're like, there's no way, shape and hell. That we can make you look like a victim in this situation. First of all, I love you are out. the term no way, shape, and hell. Yeah, I don't know what I was going for. I'm, no way. Uh, no way, shape, or form, shape or no form. way in hell. Yeah, I put them both together. Oh, no, I'm going to use that forever. No now. way, shape, and hell. No way, shape, and hell. That happened. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> but but it, it's just, it's crazy. And we'll, we'll, I guess we'll leave it at that. We did forget to say and mention that now with the extra two weeks of filming and reunion and everything that's going on. Schwartz and Sandy will not be making an appearance in Winter House. They're not so, going to make it there. I don't know what Winter House is going to do because that was already a dying franchise, in my opinion. They that show stinks, needs to go somewhere, especially with how Summer House is going. Ugh. Are they even going to party or are they going to go to bed at 11 and make sure they wake up early and work out? I don't fucking know. All I know is, and we'll get to Summer House, just bring Andre in and just let him have the show. Let him go because yeah. he was great. It was such a, like, I, they were all so excited when he got there. I was excited when he got there. We're going to get to Same. that momentarily because again we're not going to dive too far into this episode we're more just talking about what the news of vanderpump is this week but um the last little bit of um then we're going to talk about the episode ever so briefly ever so briefly briefly the last little nugget of info that we got that i can share with you guys is there's a lot of questions about who knew and who didn't know and you might have seen a 
an Instagram post from us in the last week where I quoted Tom Schwartz saying it's complicated. And that comes from a phone call that was had between a few people. And the topic of conversation was, Schwartz, did you know? Was this a ruse? Were you trying to cover up for your boy? Like, did you know? His response was, it's complicated. Which is just worse than saying yes. Way worse. But we saw him just say it's complicated. Throw a sack and just say, yeah, I knew. What do you want me to do? That's my best friend. I'm not going to air out his shit. Like, I would respect you a little bit more if you said that. Yeah. But just saying, like, it's complicated. It's like, yeah, you fucking knew. You just don't have the words to say what you want to say. So you're just cowering, which Schwartz always does. He's just going to go cower somewhere in a corner. Yep. Not say anything. Not get involved. Not step on any toes. But by doing this, like, you're going to alienate yourself and put yourself with Sandoval, and then you're going to be gone. And that's what I, I think is confusing to me, and I think that it's obviously, like, he's going to do whatever the fuck Sandoval's going to do. Mm-hmm. Why the fuck, Schwartz, would you put yourself and your business in this situation? Like, that's the other part of this that they don't talk about, really. I mean, people are like, obviously, they crucified them on Yelp. They got their yeah. rating down to, like, a zero, and then they, before Yelp finally shut it down because yeah. it was getting so crazy. But these guys have so much going on in like a positive way. Like, why the fuck would you do any of this shit? And Schwartz, why would you go along with it? Like, that's where I'm just, you can't be that dumb. Like, come on, bro. That's just, that's not riding for your buddy. No. That's just covering up a atom bomb that's waiting to go off. And you're going to be taken down with your collateral damage now, you dumbass. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is like Schwartz was in just such a, terrible emotional state and maybe sandoval took advantage of that maybe and what do you mean maybe this guy is well, an emotional advantage terrorist. Of all the time yeah. yeah but schwartz was probably just in such a shitty shitty state after the divorce that he was probably going to go along with anything and sandoval still quote unquote like showing him love and sticking by his side and all this like he probably felt like he needed to help him out too like you're showing me so much love and help me through this i feel like i could do this like Put yourself in the mind of a emotional infant and an emotional <laughs> terrorist. Like when the two of them get together, what, what, I don't know. All hell breaks loose. Yeah. No, no way, way shape, shape in hell. hell. <laughs> and then the other people that knew, and this is funny because we were contacted by one of the band members following this all fallout, trying to, he fell for my Instagram post, yep. like the fake DM. We got hit up by a member of the group telling me we haven't heard Sandoval's side of the story yet. And I was like, okay, buddy, like <laughs> we're done. We got to think about Tom yeah. in this situation. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> this bridge is burnt, my friend. Like, I, look, I would have felt bad, but they covered for Tom too. So yep. they did know. I think a lot of the shenanigans went down after shows on the road, after shows at home. Yep. Like this was part of the whole charade was the band. They were holding him down because they were getting their lead singers back. The lead singer that pays them to practice. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out of here to hear his side. Like, I don't, I don't care to hear his side. But let's talk about the episode for fucking two minutes, and then we can move on. The only thing we need to talk about is Oliver. Oh, yeah. Oliver Garcelle's son enters the scene. He's at <laughs> Vanderpump Paris when... Which I thought was in we Paris. We both did. I was going <laughs> to throw us both under the bus. Back. I was like, that's sick. Nice. I said the same thing. Remember, we heard when this Good news. For Oliver, he went to France. That's great. Yeah, this news came out forever ago, and both of us were like, yeah, they were in Paris. And then, like, 16 people were like, yeah, that's, that's Vanderpump Lost. I Vegas. didn't even like, see that. And then when it happened yeah. tonight, I was like, oh, Vegas. Vegas. Right. There's an Eiffel Tower there, too. Yeah. 
the party of Nevada, as they say. Um, but I am glad they clarified that Oliver was separated. A lot of people have been trying to lump him in, but Oliver was separated. At he least says he was separated. Says he was separated. Uh, a couple other people backed it up on screen. So I, there's yeah. no way to think that he's not. In For all situation. intents and purposes, yep. he was separated. And I thought this whole interaction was interesting just given the news this past week, only because you can see in real time how Raquel operates. And like you see this weird like thruple going on where, all, first of all, Oliver's got game. Oh, yeah. Oliver has tremendous no game. Well done, Oliver. He, he can spit. Yeah. So he's sitting there with the two of them, and he's, he's doing a good job. They're both falling for it. And I figured out Raquel's what she does. Okay. This is what she does. Yeah. Because she gets away with being this nice, sweet, carefree, not that bright, whatever. She has these conversations where she's like, no, no, no. Like, you can do it. Like, I, and she like makes the person feel bad for her. And they're like, no, no, you know what? Go get him, girl. And like gives her like a pat on the ass and sends her off to go hook up with Oliver. Meanwhile, in her head, she's like, gotcha, bitch. Yep. Like she, for not one second, was she questioning hooking up with Oliver. She was just trying to schmooze Lala into not giving her shit for it and then immediately swooped. Lala needs to take it on the chin a little bit better because you lost. You can't Yeah, you can't be say, sitting there in the confessional no, saying that you don't care, I don't really care. And if it was a competition, you know that he'd be rolling around in the bed with me. It's like, well, it was a competition and you lost. Yeah. I mean, like you, really, if you wanted to win, you, you should have at least shown. You tried. It didn't work. He hooked up with Raquel. You lost. Yeah. That, Lauren. <laughs> oh, the government name came out. He, he warned. <laughs> he did warn. Other than that, I don't think there's much more to really talk no, about. No, I think no, that we're it, good. All of us were just looking for clues the whole time. I wasn't I feel really like it's going to be a couple of weeks of this. Now, I, it's going to be interesting to see just how much they can edit it to look like they're building up to it, which for everything that we understand about these shows, they have endless footage. Yeah. It's so they will be able to piece something together. I feel like just this episode, it's going to be tough. It's a quick turnaround. I can't imagine being in production for Bravo this I week. I was thinking that. Like, it was probably hell. It, it was probably... like, I pictured SpongeBob's brain when everything's burning. <laughs> it's like, that's, what the, that's probably what the Bravo production studios look like. Like, we got to get footage. Do we have anything of Raquel and Sandoval, like, flirting at all? Not this week, but maybe in a couple of weeks. Give me a couple of days. Like, I, this one, look, I'm okay. Everybody's still getting over the news. But people are going to really start looking for it. And if the next couple of weeks have nothing to do with Ra Raquel and Sandy... It's going to be kind of tough until we get to that point. People yeah. are going to be like, I don't care about any of this. I don't care about Schwartz and R Rachel. I don't care about Sheena's issues. Like, all I want is Raquel and Sandy. That's what And then we won't get want. it for a couple of weeks. So we'll see how it goes. I think they're going to have to drag out the other plot lines just to give everyone their fair screen time. Yeah, for sure. But I think it's going to be really interesting when we have that episode where we see it shift. Oh, yeah. Where we can feel it and be like, okay, we're in it now. Because now we're hyper-focused. Oh my God, I am locked into everyone's facial expressions, who's looking at who, how mm -hmm. they react to people. We were all just so fucking blind and I feel so dumb. I feel, I feel used. I feel used and thrown away. And you can't be bought with new Tom Tom hats. No! <laughs> set that fucking thing on fire. But that takes us back to Summer House. We're just going to do a quick, quick little run through here. It is still a reunion episode, and we've already talked about Vanderpump for 45 minutes, but obviously, <laughs> that's why you're all here. But I like that they start the episode with Kyle and Danielle making up. Like, it seems, at the time, 
that Danielle realized like, okay, maybe I should just stay out of it. Yeah. This is not my business. Clearly there's a lot more layers to this than just me getting mad because he's being mean to my friend. But I feel like that's what you get with Kyle is like, yeah, you get the outbursts. Yeah. You get the things that he says that maybe he wishes he could take back. But at the end of the day, like he's going to tell you how he actually feels and how it's affecting him, whether it's something that you say to his wife, which we see later, or it's something that's really bogging him down on like a day to day time. And like we saw when he was planning for the wedding, like he was an emotional wreck. Yep. And he let everybody know how he felt all the time, which is healthy, maybe in doses, but not as much as he was doing. And now this time you get Danielle, who, look, I have issues with Danielle sometimes. And then other times I'm like, she is pretty real. This is one of those moments where I feel like she noticed right away. She's like, this is pretty serious. You know, if he needs somebody to talk to about it, I don't know if I'm really the one because I'm really friends with Carl and Lindsay. And maybe I can't really look at this without kind of having their back. But I do feel for Kyle in this moment. So go talk to Carl about it. Like other people have told him to go talk to Carl about it. He has. Carl said absolutely nothing. And then we actually do get to a point where they get to sit down in work, which is helpful, I think. It was. And Carl's actually there. And you get a little bit out of Carl that maybe like in an email form where he's saying absolutely nothing or maybe in front of Lindsay where he's going to act like I do fucking everything, blah, 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 blah. You get him by himself, you might get a real answer out of him, which we sort of did, but really didn't. You know what we got? We got the realest answer that we've gotten. It wasn't the, like, it wasn't real 100%, but it was the realest one we've gotten. And you said the keyword, Lindsay wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And the only reason I'm going to hold on to this, it has nothing to do with being like, oh, she should stay out of his business. Like, I understand that if you're in a relationship, there's going to be input. I do believe there's a way to go about it. I think the way that Amanda talks to Kyle about the business is productive. I think the way that she kind of, well, how do you feel about this? She asks him questions. It's not, you need to do this. Right. You need to do that. They don't think this. They don't think that. And I'm only bringing it up because you see it in real time tonight when all that shit pops off, when they play that stupid fucking game. Of course, stir the pot's not going to go well. No. Are you kidding me? But I'm sure production Why, why gave can't that. they just, yeah, they definitely did. But like, why can't they just do stir the pot and have it be like goofy questions? And like, yeah, who do a you lot of people trust? check in for like the sexual questions too, where it's like, which of these like is most which of these girls is most likely to do anal or something and like you get an answer like we saw that i think that question popped up on four different franchises this year i'm glad you clarified that wasn't just a you question no it wasn't just a you <laughs> question but you see it like questions like that are fine because they're innocent they're funny if you get upset about something like that then like fuck off like you shouldn't be there like get thicker skin this is stupid no it's personal and also about that i think one i think amanda's a huge baby just a huge baby when she started crying right away well she was also lit she was very lit like they were slamming that fireball passing her around been there maybe got emotional who knows but (laughs) didn't like start crying right away like me i'm out of here and just like bursts into tears and like danielle look you can either choose not to answer the question or kind of do what she did like she was just like i don't know like i feel like i don't know what i'm gonna get if I tell Amanda something, like she explained it and I didn't think it was mean either. I thought that what like Lindsay and Carl sitting there, like kind of smirking, that was me. That was the issue. And then it all looks like, all right, Lindsay's just pulling the strings all over the place. But in reality, I feel like Danielle was just like looking around the room and she's like, all right, well I can say Amanda and like have like a funny anecdote to it, which I think she tried to do, but Amanda started crying right away. I do not. I don't think that it was like, 
malicious. I don't yeah. think she was actually trying. I think she was taking a subtle dig. I don't think it was completely yeah. innocent, but I don't think she was, I really don't think she was trying to like hurt her feelings or make her cry. I think the issue here lies in the fact that immediately after that, Lindsay takes it upon herself, and this is bringing back to what I was talking about earlier, to air out her grievances about oh, yeah. her. This isn't about you, dude. This has nothing to do with you. Just because you have some shit with her, you handle that on your own time. Hey, you didn't instead, answer the question. Instead, you're sitting there speaking on Carl's behalf while he's sitting in the fucking room. You're saying all of your shit with her, not Danielle's shit with her. Sierra keeps a really cool head, and she's mm-hmm. like, look, that's your stuff. I'm asking Danielle, do you have any instances that you can give me? Give me an example. I love Sierra this year. I do, too. She's fucking great. great. She's great. She's the voice of reason. She's the... You know why? Because Austin's not there. Exactly. Great. And she's calm, and she's collected, and yep. she, she shifts through all the nonsense with us, the viewer. So we're like, all right, cool. What's Sierra doing? Let's mm-hmm. lock in so we know how to navigate this situation. I'm, I'm very appreciative of her this year. But Lindsay goes on a tirade about Amanda and starts saying all this stuff. And if I hear her use this one more time, dude, I got sober from him. That doesn't work. You can't use that as a defense. You're weaponizing his sobriety. Yep. Knock it off. Good for you. You know what you do if you want to stand in support and solidarity with your sober boyfriend? Get sober and shut up about it. You don't need a pat on the back because you don't drink, asshole. Yeah. It's another thing to say that, like, she is drinking again. You are so, drinking. like, don't talk about your sobriety because you wanted to get sober for your sober boyfriend if you're now drinking again. Like, that doesn't make any sense. And again, you're just bringing it back to you. She makes everything about herself. Yep. Nothing had to do with you in this instance. I didn't really get it. And like, look, like Kyle's always going to stand up for Amanda when something like that happens. As you should. And he has hit a breaking point. Yeah. Did him and Carl sit down and like shake it out or whatever? And fucking figure out what the hell's going on sort of sure they're in a better place but you don't see carl getting up and like flipping out like carl's sitting there like he's probably having a bit of a judgment issue do i stand up and tell kyle to stop or do i just sit here and take Lindsay's side or do i do nothing and he played switzerland he just did nothing and he then i'm like that there and danielle yeah he was a big pussy in that situation danielle's screaming at him to get up and tell kyle what to do and he's like look like kyle's gonna Make his own bed. This is what he always does. We just have to see it. And, like, part of me agrees. Like, yeah, all right. Like, if you want to stay calm and not do anything, not take sides at all, and just sit there and let Kyle burn out, okay, that's fine. But if Lindsay's sitting there and making it about herself and talking about all this shit going on, like, it's got to put you in a really weird place. Very weird place. And I think that part of this is also Paige was not there. Because, one, if Paige was there, I feel like Danielle would have said Paige and Paige would have laughed it off. And I then, like, agree. I wouldn't trust me either because I tell everybody everybody's secrets. Right. She All the time. She knows well. that. She's self-aware, and she can laugh about it. Also, if Paige was there, she would have stood up for Amanda immediately. She would have stood up for Amanda. Because she's about that life. Yeah, and she is. And, like, with the Carl thing, like, dude, I, I dare you. Call Dev a bitch in front of me. Yeah. Like, if another man called my wife a bitch in front of me, they, smell you later. Like, you, you couldn't run fast enough. So, for Carl... In that moment, like, yeah, rock in a hard place. I feel for you there. Do something. Mm-hmm. Hey, Lindsay, let's go in the other room. Hey, Kyle, take it outside. Either of those. You don't have to be, like, the tough guy getting Kyle's face. That's your boss. It's a weird situation. Yeah. Sure. Dude, you cannot sit there and then lean on the, I'm going to let him, you know, make his own bed, blah, blah, blah. Just try to defuse no, no, no. it in some way. Do something. Don't just sit there. Yeah, some way, shape, and hell. 
some way, shape, and hell. Shooter here to talk to you guys about Nutrafol. Look, if you're like me, you're worried about thinning hair, and you're doing some things thinking like, all right, my mom's dad had a full head of hair, so I think that that means that I'm going to have a full head of hair. And then you start analyzing your ancestral tree, and you really just go through it all just to try to make yourself feel better. But Nutrafol's here, and I like it a lot. Look, it's preventative treatment. I'm not going bald, but I'm worried about maybe thinning in the future. It's nice and easy. I can take four pills a day, just put it in with my normal vitamin supplements every day, nice and easy. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement, clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage. Nutrafol supports healthy hair growth from within by targeting the five root causes of thinning, stress, hormones, environment, nutrition, and metabolism through whole body health. Nutrafol has three unique formulas to support women throughout all stages of life, including postpartum and menopause. Each formula is physician-formulated using neutral, drug-free, medical-grade ingredients in consistently effective dosages so you get the most reliable results. In a clinical study, 86% of women reported improved hair growth after six months. 3,000 top doctors and stylists recommend Nutrafol as an effective and high-quality solution for healthier hair. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code BRAVBROS to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to U.S. customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code BRAVBROS. But that takes us to Miami. I'm gonna miss that. We we gotta. I know. I gotta We're gonna get have to find something sounds. else. I know. I know. New sounds, different shows. We'll keep it fresh. Super fresh, the freshest. But we start out. We're still with Lisa and Lenny's mom, mm-hmm. and they're having lunch. And we started to see last week. Lenny's mom was taking a turn. She's not fully in support of Lisa anymore. She starts throwing out some. Uh, some defense for, for old Lenny. He's trying to yeah, say, like, oh, well, he said that, and... you know, you stayed out really, like, all the time. You're always out with your girlfriends, which everybody knows, you know, if you go out too much, then your spouse is supposed to cheat on I you. I love that she was like... What the fuck? He said that, you know, he was kind of over the party scene. It's like, fucking was he? What are you talking about? I have to see that clip about the damn party from 10 years oh, ago God. again. And here we find out at the end of the episode that they were hosting a Halloween party. Like, is he over the party scene? No. Also, his mom has now come out. I guess she has an Instagram for whatever reason. And she's commenting on things. And somebody had asked her, have you come around on Lenny's new girlfriend? And he said, she's lovely. Ugh. Yeah, so cool. she is now fully in Lenny's camp, which started off, if your own son is saying, I don't want to talk to you again because of this whole situation. And kicks you out of the house. And now six months later, you're commenting saying that his new girlfriend is lovely. Like, you're a fucking snake. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. And I don't... I don't have any issues calling an 80-year-old woman a fucking snake. I call him how I see him. He does. I'll give him credit for that. But um, moving on, Adriana meets with a real producer. Now, we have different takes on this one. Mm-hmm. Emilio Estefan is like a legitimate producer in yeah, the he music is. world. Yeah. What do you think of the song, Shooter? I think that the producer is fine. I think the song sucks. He wrote the song. I don't care. But he knows that people are going to listen. Like, we've looked up her stats. They're not that impressive. 
I've come around on the Miami's on fire thing, even though I feel like she didn't really sing it. It's all autotune. This one, I, I don't get it. Like I was listening to the lyrics. There's nothing really there. Like I've got my bag. I've got this. Like if you get that paycheck and then get a free dessert, like what the fuck's going on? Oh, you're right. Because all music today makes sense. All the lyrics. Everyone today's music a lyrical genius. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. But that's. This isn't good music. It, it doesn't make sense. It, it can be a banger without being like an epic song. There's lots know. of songs out. Who Let the Dogs Out? Great song. Fucking banger. Who, yeah. The Baja Men Stink. They're one-hit wonders. Correct. She can be a one-hit wonder. She might not be. Oh. Give her a chance. She has nothing else, dude. Lay off. God, she's fine. <laughs> we get a scene with Lisa and Marisol and Alexia, and they're over at Lisa's house, and I can't get over the house. It is atrocious. They did a terrible job. I'm sure Lenny designed the whole thing. That wine cellar, I guess you could call it, is the tackiest shit. It looks like a duty-free airport, like where you go and It does kind later. of, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. I, I have an, obviously, the outside of the house is atrocious. The inside of the house, I don't have as much of an issue with. It is oh, kind of, some, some, some of it's kind of cool. I, I didn't think that the wine room? cellar was, but yeah, the kids' playroom looks like an insane asylum. Um, but I, I don't know. I, the outside of the house, I will just never be able to get over. It no, is compound. so ugly. But the point of this whole meeting with these three women, um, Lisa brings up the fact that Adriana wants to reconnect. She wants to get past that horrible, horrible, horrible thing that she said and mm -hmm. kind of be able to reconnect with these ladies. I talked about it last week with you, and we actually got to see it. This week, I felt like I had some support from the women of Miami because Lisa was saying, look, she's lonely as shit. This woman needs friends. And Alexia, I really, truly believe if Marisol wasn't in the picture, Alexia would have came around already. Maybe not just yet. I mean, oh, it wait, was no, I'm it thinking pre-comment. I'm thinking Yeah, pre-comment, pre I think, because we were already getting there. Yeah, 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 Before yeah. Marisol showed up with her goddamn air horn or fucking bullhorn, it seemed like Alexia was kind of coming around on it. That just goes to show you we need Marisol the fuck out because I'm, I'm just so tired of her. And even later, um, we'll get to it, but you can see Marisol sitting at that table just waiting to see what Alexia does. And then once Alexia puts her flag in the sand and says, hey, I'm not really over that yet. Like, that still fucked me up. I can't believe that you said that to me as a friend, somebody that I've known since before Frankie's accident. You can sit here and say that and not know how much that's going to hurt me. That's ridiculous. Like, I'm not just going to take this apology. Maybe we can work to it, whatever. Marisol just goes over the top. She's like, all right, we're, we're fighting now. Here we go. Yeah. Like, let's go. Like, have your own goddamn mind or just shut the hell up. I don't want to deal with you anymore. I don't want to watch you on Ultimate Girls Trip. You're fucking out. Oh, yeah. I, no, just no more Marisol. No more cockies. It was ridiculous that she was sitting there and Lisa's um, girl was in a little dress. And she's like, oh, it just makes me want to have a drink. It's like, don't push your fucking shit on a five-year-old girl. Yeah, I agree. And You're I, disgusting. And we stop highlighting that she doesn't eat. No, like, I quit highlighting when she's like. She thinks like, it's fun. It's not. They're a stupid fat dog. I, I, enough about Marisol. I just don't care. But yeah, I thought it was kind of funny that they all like kind of got a little nervous because Lenny might be coming home. I'm like, oh, wait, is he coming home right now? Like it's six six thirty right now. I like, go, no, 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 he's not going to come home. He knows I have friends over. Okay, all right, cool. Because he's a coward. But sniveling worm. Yeah, he is a sniveling worm. But we do get and still my point about Adriana. I don't know why. Why does she need to reconnect with everybody? We see her when she's at her video release party or music release party, whatever the hell it was last week. 
She gets support from Gertie, from Nicole. Lisa shows up. Julia's there. Who loves you? Those are good friends that you said something horrible and they're still showing up and they're still good enough friends to be like, look, like you said some horrible shit. Do you feel bad about it? They get to get it out of her. She does feel bad about it. You don't need to also then be friends with Alexia, with Marisol. Like, fuck them. Seriously, like, who cares? Yes, maybe apologize for saying something horrible, but if you don't end up being best friends with them, it's not the end of the world. You've got nice people in your court who are going to make sure that you're not lonely. They feel bad for you. They're going to check in. They're going to make sure that you're accompanied and you've got things to do to keep your mind off of it. Like, stop pining for the rest of them and stop with this, like, so sorry for me bullshit. I think you swayed me a little bit. Um between last week and this week on my stance with the whole thing. I mm-hmm. agree. I think the fact that she can't read the room and be like, oh, I do have friends, like, is one, short-sighted, and two, disrespectful to the women that are giving her support yeah. in this moment. So I agree with you there. Where I don't agree, I really think that she's struggling a lot, and I think that what Marisol and Alexia signify, that friendship, predates the friendship with the other women it's something that probably i think she kind of equates that to her old life and being comfortable and not being panicky and she's kind of thinking if i don't have these two i can't move forward because i need these two because i've had these two for so long she's not capable of looking around the room being like oh i got julia is a great friend julia stands by me no matter what she is literally biting her straw to keep from jumping across the table and giving it to marisol yeah so I think there's two sides to it. I do feel for her. I think that she's going through a lot. I think she's terrified of the future, and that's got to be really hard and really scary. That is not an excuse to say the things that she's saying. Mm -hmm. It's also not an excuse to ignore your actual friends. So she needs to figure it out a little bit, but I do think we need to give her some grace. No. Okay, cool. (laughs) (laughs) And we get a check-in with all the ladies at the end. We get kind of an update on what they're doing. Nothing wild is going on. Um, we get the, the Halloween party or whatever, but overall thoroughly enjoyed it. I think it's a great franchise. I think it's got a lot of potential to continue on this path of yeah. being good. Cause I know it was taken off the air for a little while, but I think they're on a good track. I think they're going to continue to do well. I think they need to figure out Marisol or she needs to figure out her role because having a little, minion for alexia to jump in and just like tear everything down is not productive it's not fun it's annoying and if i have to hear one more time that she's not eating and only drinking and we're laughing at that it's gonna piss me off i agree yeah she's gonna go somewhere but that takes us back to jersey and we start out at the shore house of the foodas and i wanted to talk about this briefly only because i loved getting to know John Fuda a little bit more. Yeah. Because this man is, one, a mystery to me, and two, hearing about having sole custody of his kids, the relationship with his children. I always like to hear that stuff. I just think it's really nice to, like, get to know somebody like that. Like, all right, cool. Like, this man was a solo father, took sole custody of his kid. He seems to be a good father. Like, I love that. So that's a check in the plus box for John Fuda. I have figured out the beard. We talked about it on... um our live today with Zach Peter. Why it looks funny, if you want to say. I don't want to be too mean about it. it yeah, it, why it looks odd. Why? It, yeah, so it's clearly some just for men on there, I believe. I want to say it's a little bit dyed, which is fine. You know, you got to do what you got to do. Yep. No shame whatsoever. 
but he shaves just under his nose, like like a centimeter off Which the mustache. It's gotta be tough to do. Oh, I'm sure. But do you think you go straight razor, like old school, like barber style? I don't know. I I have a hard enough time like keeping my mustache manicured. I can't imagine cutting it in half from the nose down. Like it just sounds really complicated. It's. I guess he's got a strategy down somewhere. He's but. got his strategy down, but that is, if you pay attention, look at his upper lip, and you will see there is a slight stubble mark just above his mustache, and that's where he shaves it to. And that's Something a, going on there. It's a personal choice. You know what? If it works for you, I'm not here to tell you to do otherwise. Yep. It's just I needed to figure out what was going on. I got to the bottom of it. So Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah. but I, the, the good thing about the food is, and just seeing the family orientation, like, Obviously, Jersey, there's always going to be a big family influence on yeah, everything. We like it. We love it. Like, they're not really highlighting the families anymore. We barely get to see husbands or kids or anything in like any of the other franchises. We need more of that because it does really make them feel more real. Mm -hmm. And if you have somebody that you're rooting for and you like their family dynamic, and then Marge comes and yells at them, you're going to defend them more. If it's just them as a singular person, you're going to be like, ah, yeah, I don't really, you know, I don't really care too much. I agree. And I, it, I think the biggest thing is what you just said. It, it humanizes them. Yeah. It's like, okay, I can look past you just screaming in a restaurant because at the root of it, you're a mother, you're a wife, you have a family, you seem to love them it very much. It makes it crazy, honestly. Like, yeah. if you flip a fucking table in the middle of a restaurant and you have a great relationship with your kids and your husband at home... That's wild to me. And much more entertaining. Yeah. So give us more of that stuff. But Tree and her daughters are dress shopping, and it's a totally different dress than the one that we end up seeing. But I do. And definitely different hair. Definitely different hair. I thought her hair looked nice. I thought I that would have been a great look. I was thinking the same thing. Look. I was like, like you should have just done that. You would have. Yeah. Like, you should have done But it's your big day. I'm not surprised. You know, yeah. whatever. And of course, Teresa's going to go above and beyond. No pun intended. Uh -huh. Hey, because her hair was tall. Yeah. Do you get it? Yep. Okay, it's cool. Just making sure. But this was something that Zach actually pointed out today that I didn't really notice, but it's it's kind of interesting to hear how she talks to her daughters about the situation with Joe and Melissa. Yeah. Because it does seem, if you look at it through that lens, that she's almost planting little seeds in their brain. I don't know if she's trying to... I know, obviously, they are... You know, independent thinkers. Gia's been around for a while. She's yeah. older. She knows what's going on. She's kind of got a feel for everything. But she is involving the kids. I don't know if planting a seed is the right word. Involving the kids in the drama. I think involving the kids is a good way to put it. I The way that I look at it is, you know, Teresa had her daughters for a while. And that's, like, really her only lifeline for oh, the most fair. part. Like, yeah, Joe okay. was gone. He was in Italy. He was in prison, whatever. And it was really just her and her daughters. So, like... With everything that she was going through, whether it was with Joe, whether it was with friends or whoever, I feel like she really leaned on her daughters. And, like, her daughters aren't, like, Gia's 21, Melania's 15. I think so. Uh, with the most Jersey thing I've ever seen in my life at the end there, where she's like, it's over, it's wraps. And she's yeah. like, using her hands, I'm like, fuck yeah. But they've grown up so much because I feel like Teresa treats them like adults because she needs somebody to talk to. And, like, yeah, it is inevitable if you're going to tell your side of the story always that your daughters are going to start to think how you think. Sure. And it makes sense. But I, I think that that's kind of the byproduct from it all is she's leaned on them for so long, and she still does. But now, obviously, like, Louie's there, and you get to have her talk to Louie a little bit more. But then her daughters are also there. Like, it is a good—I feel like it's a healthy dynamic. Like she, It appears to she's be. She's not sitting there with her thoughts or— 
trying to spin Louie up and like go fight Joe or some bullshit. She's sitting there talking to the people that she really relies on. And I, I think that's fine. Yeah, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I just think it's interesting that. If you want to look at it like that, yeah. You know, like, it's just an interesting thing to like ask their opinion on the matter only because it's such a volatile issue. It's mm-hmm. been going on. And I think that, you know, another thing we have to give credit to is the fact that I'm assuming that her kids grew up faster than most as I'm far sure. as the like maturity level goes. So yeah, much, yeah. They, they're more mentally matured than the normal 15 year old uh-huh. because they've seen. Growing up in this atmosphere, dude, they're probably like 30-year-olds mentally. Like, I'm sure, yeah. I can't imagine trying to deal with all this shit. I don't know. I mean, you you did a good job there because that, that is true. That was her kind of her confidants for love. It was just them. So that, that does make sense. Yeah. So well done. Well done. Thanks. But we get a lunch between Melissa and Jennifer Aiden. And the more I see Jen Aiden on my screen, the more I'm like, You're, this behavior is erratic. It is. It's just all over the place. Yeah, she She's really a is. Mess. And she's talking to Melissa. About Marge comes up again. Jen, you're not going to rally support by talking shit about Marge. Have you learned nothing? Stop talking shit about these women. And you're going after the heavy hitters. Yep. Stop talking about It always comes back to them, too. Like, there's a huge... There's a huge trend in this show where you see it time and time again over the last couple of seasons, over the whole life of the franchise. If you go and talk shit to one woman, she's going to go then tell, if not the person you just talked shit about, then somebody very close to them. And it always gets back to them within like two days. So what are you really trying to do? And we talked about it with Zach today on the live. Is she, is Jen trying to get people to team up with her? Is she just trying to put them against Marge? What the hell happened with the Dolores thing? Because it seems like we're not even talking about it anymore. And Dolores is sitting next to Jen, and there's no issues at all. Zero. So I don't even know what the hell happened there. Did they squash it, or did Dolores just say, oh, yeah, you've moved on to March. I'm cool. I don't really need to talk about it. I don't care. I think think that's probably true. Yeah, Dolores is probably like, I'm over this shit. Great. Marge, you can take the brunt of this storm for a while. To your point, though, I was watching Jen's reaction. Mm -hmm. I was watching her when Marge told her that Melissa spilled the beans. Yep. This goes to prove your point. She didn't bat an eye. She's she like, was not surprised. Yeah, of course she told you. And I, yeah, I did say that. Like, she was assuming that that was going to get back to Marge. My only thing is, what's your strategy? What are you trying to accomplish here? You have one person in the crew right now. That's Teresa. And Teresa is the voice of reason to Jen, which is fucking wild. But they go outside, and she's bitching about Marge. And normally, Teresa would have been like, yeah, I know, she's the worst, blah, blah, All Teresa says is, yeah, yeah, just kind of brushes it off. She doesn't jump in. Yep. She doesn't chime in. She doesn't Fuses the situation, makes everybody happy, wishes you well on your way home, and she goes home to her love bubble. And we're going to be told, like, oh, you guys just don't see her for what she is. <laughs> <laughs> what? How could you the look at that The only thing I can think of is, like, if you're thinking like this, maybe Teresa's in the shadows pulling Jen like a puppet. Maybe. And she's doing that. Like, in a really good argument, you might be able to convince me that that's happening, but it just doesn't look like it's happening. And I get no pleasure out of watching Jen and Marge just scream at each other. And I, oh. when Marge really starts screaming, it is one of the most irritating things in the world. Like, Firmly agree. I just cannot deal with it. Like the rage in her face over something that just is so stupid. I do want to ask you, do you think that Jen Fessler knows what she signed up for at all? No. No. Yeah. Nope. I think she is. Did she watch the show? Like she has. 
She thinks that everybody's going to come over and like, hey, we'll just have like a peaceful lunch outside. Like, this will be great. Like, no chance in hell. It's the second time we've seen her try to intervene and it just go horribly wrong. She tried to do the same thing at the mozzarella no. party, the Mutz party, when she was just crushing that Mutz, your favorite God, scene. Damn. That mouthful of Mutz, baby. She did it. I mean, she did it without the mozzarella today. Like, the way that she just, she like started shaking, like visibly, like standing up, like, ugh. I, that's what I don't think that she knows. You know what I think? I think she's friends with a lot of the women on the show, and yeah. out of support, she put the show on in the background. Like when she was doing stuff yeah. in the house or whatever, like after work, I don't know, whatever she's doing, she put the show on and just heard it in the background. She's supporting her friends, giving them a, a view. But I don't think she dove in because she's taken aback by all this shit. She's like, I have neighbors. It's like, fuck your neighbors. I think it they makes it kind up. of real. It's kind of funny. Like, I didn't even think about the neighbors. I didn't and she either. was just like, I've got neighbors. Like, I don't, I don't live in Teresa's house. I don't have six acres or four acres. Oh, no, and no, Teresa no. was like, I've got six acres. What do you have? Oh, like, that's oh, how it went. Teresa. Yeah, I was gonna say, no, Teresa Whoa. chimes in. I have six <laughs> acres. It's like, okay. but she was smiling and like laughing, like having a good time. It's like, whatever, Teresa. This doesn't involve you. Yeah, stay out with your your funny quip. Yeah, your funny with your happiness. Yeah, like, what the ew. hell is this? You, you guys just don't see but her for what she is. Like. Like, if, yeah, if you're a neighbor in that Jersey town and you just hear these women screaming and you've got all these production vans on your, on your street, probably a normally quiet street, you're like, what the fuck's going on? Is this the Jersey Shore or is this Real Housewives of Jersey giving us a bad name again? Damn it. They're, they're probably like nose over the fence. What's it, Nelson from Home Improvement? Was yeah, I think dude it's behind the, yeah. and you only saw the top of his head. Yeah. That's yeah, probably yeah. every neighbor in the neighborhood just peeking over the fence like, oh, my God. What's going it's on over there? It's getting worse. <laughs> it's still getting worse. I was thinking about the South Park episode with Jersey. It's a Jersey thing. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. I like that. But let's keep going. Keep going. Fessler kicks Jen out because she's friends with Marge. I, think I do they, like that she well, stopped Marge. And she's like, no, 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 no. This is my house. You're not leaving. I did too. I didn't expect her to kick Jen out after that. I thought she oh, was going to be like, you guys are going to sit here like adults. And I, I thought that she was going to be very real about it. And be like, you're not children. Sit down like adults. Eat the damn chicken and waffles because it's so fucking good. And I planned this damn Southern party. Just sit down, eat the food like adults, deal with it. And we're going to have a nice time. We're going to leave. Like if she did that, I think that would have been awesome. But instead she was like, Jen, you got to go. Like, I got to ask you to leave. And Teresa leaves with her in solidarity. I don't know. That was a good moment. And then it was quickly taken away when she asked Jen to leave. So I had an issue with that. I actually appreciate the fact that you kicked Jen out. because that. One, diffuses the situation. Two, it shows that you're going to stand up for your friend. I like the fact that she had her friends back. That's true, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's nice to see. You don't usually see people take a stand and be like, no, you get out, you stay. Mm-hmm. It's usually everyone's leaving. Usually they just let everybody leave. Like, yeah. all right, fine, you want to leave, just go. Everyone usually bounces. Yeah, so but, that um, was a different aspect that I kind of appreciated. But then we get to the Barbie party, which I thought was ravishing. I, oh, it was awesome. I appreciate the big parties. We miss the big parties. Give us the big parties. Yep. I, I'd like to see, like, for a six-year-old's birthday, you rented out this whole place and decked it all out to the nines. Like, fuck yeah, more of that. The Barbie impersonator and oh, all yeah. the things that were going on. I loved, like, this is the difference, I think, between Jen Fessler and Danielle, is mm-hmm. Danielle immediately said, and she said it before when she was talking to her husband, there's a lot of shit going on in this friend group right now. There's a lot of people on edge, a lot of people fighting. This is my daughter's birthday. I invited them to invite their kids and to have a good time. If they try to pop off, I'm going to squash that. Like, not at my daughter's birthday. I believed her. And I fucking believed every Firmly. word. 
And you could see it during the party. Like, Jen start, pulls somebody aside. She's talking to Rachel. She's got issues with Rachel because of the nose job comment. What's going to happen? Rachel's sitting there with her daughter. Mm-hmm. And you can see it. Like, this is what is going to make this so good. And we talk about the infusion of new blood. They're so family-oriented. Rachel's sitting there with her one-and-a-half-year-old daughter. Like, she's not going to get into it with you right nope. now, Jen. I'm sorry, but, like, if you want to start talking shit, like, I'm, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to do this right now is what Rachel says. Danielle sees it from afar, and she's like, I'm going to go over there and make sure that nothing pops off because this is my daughter's birthday. Like, those are real moments where it's like, all right, this isn't a scripted TV show. Like, these women are actually worried about how their families are going to perceive these situations and how it's going to potentially ruin a party that I spent months and months planning for. I'm not going to let that thing swing, and I love that. But isn't that crazy? To look at it from the other side in Jen Aiden's mind and be like, oh, kid's birthday party? I'm going to start talking shit. Cameras are rolling. I'm there. What the fuck? And she kind of starts in. They're standing at the bar, and it's like her, Teresa, Fuda, and Danielle. And I do want to comment. I love the one-on-one between Danielle and Rachel Fuda because I do believe that this is the future of Jersey. Yeah. And I think that we are in good hands with Danielle at the helm if mm-hmm. that's the way that this goes. And I think it will. That's my, my hot take. I think that she's going to take on a more center role. I think that we're going to see Gia step into a role at some point. I think that's why we're getting confessionals out of her. I think we're seeing her get kind of her – we're seeing her kind of get – ready for the camera and kind of be more comfortable. She's able to voice her own opinion. She's able to kind of navigate. She's almost like a friend of, like a very light friend of. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I think that we're going to see her start to come on the show more. I think that Danielle's going to take a much bigger role. I think Rachel Fuda has a lot of potential. I've liked her thus far. And I think we're going to see it shift because I do believe Teresa will have her own show within the next three years. Yeah, and I think that she'll probably take Gia with her. I do too. I imagine the whole family will go and it'll be a love bubble wherever the hell they go. I want to ask you one thing from this episode before we move on to Potomac. Something that I caught, we talked about it in Zach's live earlier. If you remember last week when Melissa's talking to her nieces mm. and we get the confessional and we're talking to Gia and I forget if it, which daughter it was, but they were talking about how they never get to talk to their cousins when their uncle and their mom are fighting. Like It's like a fence goes up is what she said. Yeah. When Melissa's sitting in the car after that weirdly fabricated driving scene where there was nobody behind them honking, by the way. Did you no. catch that? Yeah, that no was 100% production. But she asks her daughter, Antonia, you still talk to your cousins, right, every day? And she's like, yeah, every day. Who's lying in this situation? I think that I, I don't want to call a child a liar. I have I, no qualms. I know you don't, but I have morals. And <laughs> I think... I'm leaning towards Melissa and Antonia not being 100% truthful. See, I'm still not even You think Melissa's involved in that? Yeah, I do. I do. I think that she set that up. I think that's an easy one where the difference is the back and forth, right? Mm -hmm. Like the way that Teresa's daughters talk to her, it seems pretty genuine. Unless they're that good at acting on reality TV already, which they might be. They've been around it for a while. They could be. When you said Milani was like, that's a wrap, boom, boom, clap. Like, that's candid. It's off the cuff. It's yeah. quick. Like, that seems genuine and real versus this is a very easy thing to be like, hey, I'm going to ask you a bunch of cousins. And you're going to tell me, like, yeah, you talk every day. Let's not forget that, you know, Melissa's the one that pulled her children out of the school with right. cousins, right? So she was the one that initially broke that relationship with them. Yeah. So I'm not, I don't know. So clearly, like, you 
you being friends with your cousins and talking every day isn't important if I'm going to take you out of the school. That's my point. That's a good point. I took it as Antonia's just like teenager checked out. Like, yeah, mom, whatever. Like, of course, sure. Whatever, whatever you say. Like, that's how I took it. I, I genuinely do think that like, I think when Teresa's daughters are talking and they're saying like, I miss, I haven't seen uncle Joey in almost a year. It feels real. I haven't seen Melissa in however long. Like, we don't talk to our cousins. Like, it sucks. It's sad. I hate that this happens. Like, I, I resonate with that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that's serious. This is not. But I thought it was really funny that, like, we heard that last week. And then this week we hear, oh, yeah, I talk every day. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. Like, what's, go- what, what's really going on here? Stories. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But that's something to look forward to. Maybe something to just keep an eye on, you know? I'm still enjoying it. I haven't gotten tired of anything yet other than Marge screaming. And Jen screaming. And if you want us to pick a side there, they both stink. Yeah, I'm not picking a side. And last but not least, a very uneventful episode three of the reunion for Potomac. And I feel like we jinxed it. It may have been our fault that it flopped because we were talking about how good the first two were. And we haven't even seen the husbands yet, so the third one's going to be great. Yeah, this one flopped big time. 90 minutes of absolutely nothing. No substance. You know, we get Chris on screen to kind of defend himself. He gets like a minute of airtime. And it, it actually, I thought, painted him in not a great light because no, it's it, him screaming. Yeah, it was just him screaming. And I, I did feel like Andy was really like, Chris, I'm going to give you as much time as you want. Like, he went back to him like two or three times. He's like, are you good? Like, you want to say anything else? Is there anything else here? Like, there was really nothing like Giselle just deflecting and not saying anything and then focusing on semantics. And it was just like a whole roundabout thing. And like, I don't know. It's, it was a flop. It was the biggest storyline of the season. And we got absolutely nothing out of Giselle. It made Chris look a little bit bad compared to where he was beforehand. Almost like if he didn't talk at all and didn't show up, it would have been better. But I mean, he was there to support his wife much like the other husbands were there. Um, it was a snooze fest. Like, let's be honest. Like, I think Ray fell asleep three or four times. I may have fallen asleep three or four times as well. I did think it was interesting, like, the Jacqueline stuff of it. I'm glad that was, like, the beginning because that was kind of interesting just because everything she was saying to Mia, I was like, wow, Mia is really just so full of shit. And, like, I don't I like so, Jacqueline. Yeah. I, don't, I don't particularly need her back on the screen no. next year. But... She breaks out the receipts, and here's my issue with the whole thing. So we find out that they did not pay for the Porsche. They mm-hmm. did not really do anything for her, at that least according to this stuff. completely made up by but, who? I don't know. I don't know who, and I don't know why. She claims it was by Mia because she wanted to paint the picture that Jacqueline was her, like, underling. Underling. And, like, paint, if why would you agree to that? Yeah, why, if you're self-respectful, then why are you doing that? Maybe because you wanted to be on now. TV. It's so got to be. You discredit That's... yourself in your own argument. Like, I'm not that woman. Well, you signed up for it. You so what the woman. fuck? But the funniest, the funniest fucking thing, dude, Mia trying to defend herself once again and throwing out business terms and shit. She goes, yeah, well, he helped you get you, like, secured your EIN. Do you know how easy it is to get an EIN? Yeah. That's just, all that is is your tax identification number for mm-hmm. an LLC. Yeah. It takes... 10 minutes and like $250 on LegalZoom and you yep. can have your own EIN. Like that was hysterical to me. Like that's your big like fuck you. Well, he got your EIN. Bitch, go on LegalZoom. This isn't, we're not even sponsored by them, but hey, LegalZoom, we if you should. hear this, yeah. throw us a sponsor. But it, 
it was just like the icing on the cake. Like Mia, you have no arguments. You don't have any evidence. You should have prepped better instead of bringing a fake box of receipts that you will now not show out of respect for Jacqueline. No, you don't have shit. You don't have anything to show. So you just tucked your box back away and, and put it behind you. Just because you bedazzled a cardboard box doesn't mean you have receipts. And not only that, she also completely discredited herself during the entire season and reunion because she took to Twitter and apologized to Jacqueline and called her her sister and all of this nonsense. And it's like, what the fuck? You said that you went to go see Jacqueline's mother on Mother's Day. You didn't. You said that you did this. You didn't. Like, you're lying about everything. Literally. And, and when, you, when you get caught lying about dumb shit, when you're tell, trying to tell the truth about serious things, nobody's going to believe you. Because so, you're a liar. Because you're an absolute, you're a proven liar. Yep. So nobody really cares what you have to say. We don't really hear from Karen. I'm not even going to talk about the Sharice and Karen shit because it's so... It's all it bullshit and matter. dumb and yeah, nobody it's all, cares. He, she said, she said fucking 10, 20 years ago, like mm-hmm. whatever. So Robin goes through her marriage stuff with Juan, which now is actually laughable learning the ins and outs of it. Because we know what happened. Yeah. There was no fidelity clause, which she then says, was like, what if I want to get into some shit? Like, ha, ha, ha. He already cheated on you. Yeah. Again. And I, and I like then, that she's... Again. I like that she's trying to, in her sit down later, which was so awkward for the other guest. Um, Ebony Williams was the other guest. She's sat there in silence. Making just, faces like, just making faces like, oh, this Jesus. is fucking brutal. Terrible. But, Robin is trying to contain it and say, oh, it just happened over COVID. He was bored is one of the lines that I heard from, like, I guess maybe from her Patreon it came out, that Juan was bored during COVID, so that's why he had an affair. That's a good reason. That's, you know, he's just bored. There's not a lot of athletics going on. I'm tired of this mask mandate. You know, let me just go have an affair. Yeah, I was going to go cheat on my wife real <laughs> quick. Like, I'm, I'm pretty... It's just so fucking funny, but, like... To get her caught up in the lie and then kind of just like corner her on Watch What Happens Live and just make her answer questions. And it's all still like she's still making stuff up. She's still lying. Andy was asking all the right questions. She just wasn't giving any answers that anybody really wanted to hear. And it was just a dud. Like the first two episodes were good. And we felt like we were building towards something because the main storyline was about the husbands and all this bullshit. And we just didn't get anything. And it just fell flat. And look, it's over. We'll see what happens next year. Who comes back? Who doesn't? That's always fun in the offseason. But overall, I mean, this is my first full season watch. I enjoyed it. You know, it, as far as Housewife franchises go, there's not a lot of them thriving right now. I feel like Jersey's doing really well. Salt Lake City really fell off. We're excited to get into Atlanta. Beverly Hills, who the fuck knows what's going to happen? OC, who knows what's going to happen? If they don't bring in Cleveland, I don't know. We're Somebody still, shouted out the Cleveland thing, by I the know, way. I know. I know. We're getting that. callbacks to Real Housewives of Cleveland, which is hysterical. Yep. But And that takes us to the question portion. If I had to guess, I know what most of these are going to be about. And it rhymes with Schmanderschmump. Mm. <laughs> From M Renteria627, where's Schwartz? When is he going to pop up? Uh, I don't know. I, I think the editing is going to change it around a lot because you have to imagine that they had a lot of the editing around Raquel and Schwartz. Oh, no, no. Where is Schwartz right now? 
Where has he been during this whole scandal? We haven't heard from him. He's in his shitty apartment getting chubbier, according to James. Oh, okay. That's what James said tonight on the show. Well, there you go. <laughs> yep. From Annie Kate G, do you think Tom was really ever going to leave Ariana? He's alleging that he was going to leave her like seven months from now. Some, he had some weird number. Yeah, because he was trying to protect her mental health or some weird shit. Um, no, I think that part of him was probably hoping that he would get caught cheating. Honestly, I feel I, like if it was like as bad as he's thinking it was, or he wanted to get out as bad as he says he did, then I feel like he's not man enough to just break it off. He would rather just get caught doing something that she didn't like, whether it's cheating or getting in an argument about the business and spending too much time there, which he wasn't. He wasn't there. It's not like Schwartz spending too much time with the business and growing distant from Katie. He was just avoiding the business and his relationship to go cheat on her. So, yeah, I, I don't think Sandy was ever man enough to actually break it off. I agree. From Jillian Rose says, do you think Tom, oh, Tom's plural. Do you think the Toms and Raquel will be fired? We call her Rachel here, Jillian. I think Rachel could get fired. Um, I think it's going to be hard to get rid of both Toms. They might give them like some sort of ultimatum about the whole thing for next season, but I don't know. Like this is kind of gold. Like maybe you get rid of Rachel. I think uh, I think we already got the answer from LVP on Watch What Happens Live. Yeah, because she was pretty much saying like we're so quick to cancel people. What if we waited and saw if they can actually learn from this and grow from this? Like she That's the point. I don't know if she's being genuine there. I think she's trying to say like. No, no, let's all be cool because we're going to bring them back. Because yeah. Because this is gold. Yeah, I think that's a good point. From Fry M. Not Fry M. Well, I think her last name might be Fry, and it's like Fry M, like a play on words. Fry M. How's it spelled? F-R-Y-E dot E-M. Hey, Emily Fry. Emily Fry. Fry M. Oh, we just we just said her whole name. Yeah, maybe. Anyways, awesome. is it time to reevaluate Jackson, Kristen? You, I don't know. That? I know enough about it. Okay. Here's here's what I'll say about Jax. Just because all of this went down doesn't mean that ultimately Jax is now a credible source. One hundred percent. Like he's he can still be a piece of shit. Like, like things can be mutually exclusive. Yeah, they all can. Right? One thing can also be true at the same time. Yeah. Jax. Let's not forget the fucking wrecking ball that Jax Taylor was. Yeah. Okay. And people are talking about Stasi. Let's not forget that Stasi took a picture and went to a Halloween party dressed as a Nazi. Mm-hmm. Like, these are things that are difficult to come back from when you're on TV. So let's not forget about that stuff. As far as Dodie goes, she's got a chance. She's got a chance because it looks like she's, which I think is always so weird, but she's mending relationships with Ariana over the fact that. Tom cheated on her. Like, which is hysterical. That is hysterical. Like, what How do f- people, like, why are you okay with this? Like, like, she said she's Team Ariana, like, ride or die. And I appreciated the that's fact. That's cool. But then she showed up at her house the next day and was, like, ready she, to talk to her. They're, like, they're buddies. That's so weird to me. It is I don't weird. Know. But they, no, they are really tight. And I actually need to give Kristen Doty some credit here because somebody asked her, a lot of people have been asking her, like, oh, is this kind of like you feel like you got your comeuppance or that? Sandoval got his comeuppance, like, he did this to you, like, you happy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And she literally was like, this is about Ariana. This has nothing to do with me. 
I'm just making sure my friend's okay. I'm team Ariana, ride or die till the end. And like, that was the end of the video. Now, obviously, is she using this for like a little bit of clout? Maybe. I don't know. Possibly. But, but she does at least she did be... say that she was sorry for Ariana, which Tom didn't say in his first apology. And two apologies. his friends are not saying ever. They're talking about their band. They're talking about the fucking restaurant. Like, there's someone who was cheated on and manipulated for seven months. Let's focus on her and throw all of our sorries that way, not towards the scumbag. Yeah. Oh, I love this one. I'm going to end with this one. I'll come back to it because I got another one. We got two more. All right. From A. Wilson 712. How does VPR get anything but one more season out of this? Can the show recover? Yeah. Yeah, they can. I think they just got more than one season out of this one, buddy. If Bravo knows how to do anything, it's how to turn trauma into TV. Yeah. So, yes, they will be back, and they'll be back in full force. I would bet you that tonight's episode of Vanderpump is the best episode they've ever had. Yeah, I can't wait to see the ratings. You know I'm the ratings guy, so. He is our resident ratings guy, but that brings me to this question. From Tori McCown, well done. Which franchise do you think Shooter would fit in best? Oh, Jesus. Now, show. I'm going to let you answer that one. Show. Yeah, and then I'm going to ask you what you think. Show overall, Summerhouse. Shooter would be gold on Summerhouse. However, franchise, Real Housewives, I think you would be best. You make the most sense in Jersey because it's comfortable. It's a similar area. You know kind of how they operate. So Jersey would make the most sense. Now, where would he be best? Without a doubt, Beverly Hills. Because watching you have to interact with those women would be fucking great. I fully agree, actually. Yeah. With, all, with everything that you said. That's um, the correct answer. Yeah. No, I, I wouldn't. Summerhouse would be good because there would be friends up there. Southern Charm is similar, but I think I would run to the high heavens away from like Shep and Austin. I would, I would be losing my mind. Yeah, no, I don't think you'd be Jersey. Similarly, like people yelling, I'd be like, I I can't deal with this anymore. Like I'm fucking out of here. Beverly Hills. I would be, it would be really funny to interact with all of them. Yeah. I can just see you so chill and and I'd be playing tennis with Sutton. And I can just see you behind the scenes, like manipulating little shit. Like, Oh, I heard you was talking shit. And then just walking (laughs) away. (laughs) I can just see it now. Like you're at a party. Crushing beers, and you just like walk by, like Kyra, just like, you know, they're talking shit at the bar, and just like keep going. <laughs> and then she's like, wait, what? And then you're like, what? I don't know. And then you, you're gone. Like, that would yeah, be shooter, and yeah. he'd, be, he'd be great. But I'm fucking exhausted. I think that at the same time, I feel at peace. I think I needed this episode. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I feel like this is always pretty much every week, this is always like leading up to like, we got a lot of legwork and shit to do. We get done this. We coast for the rest of the week. It's nice and relaxing. This week was necessary. This week was wildly necessary Mm -hmm. because we had a lot of opinions. We got them all out. We did. Because I think the live allowed us to formulate our opinions. Mm -hmm. This allowed us to dive deeper into said opinions. Yeah, we've been busy on social media. We had you do a little wellness check with steel on saturday we had our live monday we did our live with zach today we had this so we're good i feel like we've got everything out yep i feel better and we're gonna have a nice weekend everyone have a lovely weekend make sure that during the weekend you give us a follow on instagram at brav underscore bros on twitter brav underscore bros and on tiktok at brav bros and then 
YouTube, Brav Bros Podcast. Mm-hmm. Cameo, Brav Bros. And of course. And of course. Nope, there it is. And of course, we have the live show coming up. Come hang out with the bros. Come hang out with Zach. We got real Bravo Lebs coming in. We got some big names coming in. We're going to drop those in the upcoming weeks. But get a ticket. Come chill with the bros. Oh, yeah. Other than that, I'm going to go sleep for like 36 hours. I wish. I've got work tomorrow. What a lurd. Real. What a lurd. A lurd. Loser nerd. Wow. A lurd. We're just merging phrases and words. That's where our brains are. They're mush. We're just making shit now. No way, shape, and hell. You know what? Fuck it. Rob Bros are out of here. See you next week. Bye.